If we expect there to be a future in the arts, we have to help guarantee it. Nothing about art has to be free. Like so many other public professions that don't have a pure profit focus, we've learned not to value it. And when we don't value it, the quality starts to decline. So how can we as artists help ensure a thriving industry? That's this week on the Fuse Chamber Podcast. You're listening to the Fuse Chamber Podcast, where you get the elite mindsets and skills to ignite your voice and build your audience. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I want to help you live the life you really want. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. What mindsets can we as artists foster in ourselves and in others that will help create a thriving industry. First, let's remember why we're here. To create the next generation of leaders in arts, business, and community. To create an elite tribe of powerful, successful professionals who redefine how artists and entrepreneurs can do what they really want to do with their lives, full of passion and without compromise. I'll show you who you have to become in order to win. And I'll be here to inspire you each and every week so that you stay inspired and stay driven. This investment of 15 minutes a week will create habits that forever change your life and career. Sometimes artists think that business is a dirty word. Here's the reality. Unless you're being paid by someone like an employee to make your art, then your art for you is a business. You are an entrepreneur. Now, business is not just a set of boring financial tasks like accounting. Business means finding ways to be profitable with your art. And yes, it does mean accounting, but it also means marketing, selling, hiring, firing, legal, budgeting, and customer service. But I prefer to treat the business part as simply the fine art of finding people who will pay to consume what you make. The next part should follow logically, but I'll say it anyway. If you don't like the sound of all this, then you have to be okay with not getting paid well or getting paid at all for your art. And maybe that's okay with you. Maybe you just want to do this as a serious hobby or as a part-time gig. But I think we should fight hard to keep the value of art high. We shouldn't accept the lowest amount that someone is willing to pay for it. Not only is art labor, and therefore valuable inherently, but it's also innovation and creativity, in addition to just true expression. But strangely, it's a form of labor that's poorly protected by our society. In any other sector, if you work, you expect to get paid. There's even laws to prevent someone from paying you too little for what you do. We don't really have that with art, unless you're operating at the professional level. And for some strange reason, and it could be the massive success of digital distribution media, so art is easier to get, or maybe the fact that we don't have any pity on artists because those who are famous can actually be really wealthy. But for whatever reason, we've gotten cheap about art. I was reading this article recently, and it was like 10 ways to save crazy amounts of money. 
or stop wasting money. And a bunch of them directly address the arts. So steal or stream music, because who buys CDs anyway? Steal or stream movies, because who buys a DVD or a Blu-ray? Whatever you do, if you go to a theater, you need to know that they make all their money not on the films and the tickets, but by selling you snacks. So bring your own food from home. And don't clutter your bookshelves with expensive books. They're giving them away at the library for free. Look, there's times when we have to conserve funds, I get it. But I didn't see any suggestions in there about getting your food for free from the food library. So the assumption is we're talking about people with some disposable income. And the underlying premise was that you shouldn't spend that disposable income on frivolous things like art. In effect, don't pay for the artwork you consume. There were no suggestions in there about how you could save a little by buying digital editions over the physical copy, but the artists at least still get their cut. It was pay a small monthly amount at worst, or grab a free or cheap library membership, and everything you could possibly want to enjoy is yours. The fact that the artists then get pennies or nothing for their work is irrelevant. Look, we need to flip our thinking. Our governments tend to, or at least used to, treat the arts as a collective obligation to support. There was a sense of value, what it did for the community, for the culture, and for people to have a vibrant arts community. But public funding is shrinking by the year, so it's becoming incumbent on us, then, to take it over. We need to, as a society, commit a small percentage of our money to support people who create all this value in our lives. And let's not forget, this also makes a tremendous contribution to the economy. Yet, artists never receive a paycheck or benefits from any large corporation like the rest of us do. Another option could be the patronage model, in which the wealthy pay for the creation of art that could be consumed by all. The corporate sponsorship model is a variant on the same thing. So the presumption is that the people who can afford to pay for such luxury should pay, and everyone else rides for free. I don't believe that's right. I certainly think that corporate sponsorships and patronage can be a part of the ongoing evolution and survival of the arts, but it shouldn't be the mindset that we take of let the rich people pay for it. When I was a kid, on you know a limited income like all kids are, we were faced with the choice of either buying a physical copy of your record or your book that you wanted to get, or you had to steal it because there was no digital copy. So most people chose to buy it. And most people, even kids, found a way to buy some every week or two. The reality is that we're now shifting our focus of youth buying power away from those artistic experiences and products and into entertainment products. Add-ons for your favorite video games, in-app purchases, or bling cases for your phone. Things that seem to either have value in distracting us from daily life or having an impact on how we appear on the outside. And I think we should invest on how we are on the inside and consuming a rich diversity of books, music, paintings, performances are all a critical part of that. Furthermore, that statement that we know how movie theaters make money and we should consciously try to avoid lining their pockets, I think that's dangerous. Whatever happened to supporting your local businesses? 
there's been a bunch of times in recent memory in my community where a movie theater, uh, in fact, a drive-in nearby, or music clubs, performance spaces have been shut down. They've just gone out of business. And people complained and moaned and mounted a comment riot online to protest it. How could they do this to us? How can they take away something that was so important to us? Well, if it's so important to you, I suggest you act now, not later. And yeah, that takes strength of will. Yeah, that means you'll have to speak with your pocketbook or your wallet. And I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. We need to treat art as something that we value. And we need to treat it that way, backing it up with real dollars. Everyone should plan to spend a portion of what they make supporting local art. And if you don't like the idea of giving your money to a big movie theater chain, fine. Use your money to directly benefit artists at the local scale. It's a little bit like giving directly to your neighbor or a friend in need. No middleman, no administrative overhead. You can go see live music at a small club or venue. Where physical media have all dried up, a lot of performers have come to rely on touring, merchandise, endorsements, and experiences like fan packages to generate new revenue streams. Support those things wherever you can. But if your resources are in fact limited, don't resort to abstinence or stealing. You can go and support local theater, for example. Even in a big city, there are a lot of independent, small-format theaters and galleries that produce excellent, innovative work that contribute very richly to the cultural fabric of the city. And many of them use pay-what-you-can models or have discounted or even free showings. Support local press. Even a large bookstore chain will generally have a small area where you can buy literary magazines, local publications, and even local authors will frequently come in and sign their independent releases. A side note, it's interesting that you can still do those things even with the overtaking of independent sellers by big box stores. And I think this is because even the largest businesses know that if they're going to totally displace local independent sellers, they have an obligation to promote and support independent artistic culture. If they gobble all that up, and instead present us with nothing but top 10 lists, like the current music and movie selection at your local Walmart, people will eventually revolt at being fed whatever the big corporations want us to see and hear. That's not art. That's entertainment. And that's very different than art. That's not curation of good taste. That's choosing to sell things that we're certain people will buy. But the purpose of art is not to make retailers rich. The purpose of art is art itself. To express, to communicate between actor and audience, painter and viewer, musician and listener. But because of the value it adds to life, culture and community, it's a perfectly valid career choice. And if that's the case, artists deserve to eat. They deserve to thrive. They deserve to live in a decent home. They deserve to provide for their families. And if they find ways to make their product extremely popular, then they deserve to benefit just like anyone who produces something extremely valuable. So we have an obligation to support it. Otherwise, we'll lose it. Stop being cheap about art 
It starts with you. Remember, if you expect to make a living as an artist, you have to give in order to receive. You have to go first. For years, I've told my friends about how I didn't want to download and steal music. And at one point, that was an extremely minority, unpopular opinion. Why would you pay for music? It's free. Even today, I myself subscribe to streaming services, but I still pay full price for a high-quality version of the albums that I really want to listen to, from the artists that I really want to support. And when I go to local shows, if the artist is selling CDs, I buy one even if I already had it in digital format, because I think it's important. And if I don't set the example, what can I expect the people around me to do? Folks, thanks for listening. You can reach out at FuseChamber.com or find me on Twitter at FuseChamber. Come in for some more insight and coaching next week. 